Hey everybody, welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast, where we're applying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode and all of our episodes are powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which focuses on helping churches make disciples who can make disciples. For more information, check out navigatorschurchministries.org. Random question for you, Justin. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. What is your very first scar that you remember? Scar, S-C-A-R. Oh, wow. Scar. That's a good question. Did I remember or just did I have? <clears throat> your choice. It's a random question. Doesn't matter. The first one I have is on my forehead, just to the, the left of my nose. Um, which is from when I had chicken pox when I was growing up. Because oh, back in the day, we used to have to have chicken pox. Most of us, right? Yeah, and then you pick How about you? I, rem- I remember with chicken pox, standing there yeah. with uh, calamine lotion all over your body, like that your mom would go along and like tab you with a cotton ball, calamine lotion. Do you remember that? No, because I was like under two when I had this. So I don't remember it. Uh, my scar... My scar comes from bike riding and um, somehow or another, my left knee got wrapped up on the backside of the left tire and, uh, and it, it went all the way down my kneecap, a solid couple of inches. It has since been replaced oh. with an ACL scar. So <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> okay. that poor knee seen a lot of, seen a lot of action over the years, seen a lot of action. Over the years. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Well, Tony, let's talk today about something that bothers me a lot. Um, you know, and disciple making is something I strive to do well. And a lot of the aspects of how I disciple and how I help others in disciple making, I feel really good about. But this one in particular is one that that I don't think I do well at this point in my life. And sometimes it keeps me up uh, at night wishing or trying to figure out a way to, to be more effective at it. Um, and what, what I'm talking about is what I call the with him principle. And so it's this idea that we should spend time with the people that we're discipling uh, outside of, or in addition to, you know, maybe the nor- normal rhythm that you guys have already set up in discipling. Yeah. And, and when you say with him, you mean with him or with her, you know, with the person that you're pouring into, yes. it's that idea that um, you're going to catch them in, in the margins of life, right? In the, in the stuff like, like, hey, you want to go to a movie or, hey, you want to go shoot some hoops or, hey, somebody should give right. us Bengals tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, or I'm on my way to to run errands. So you want to come along? You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be exciting stuff, right? Especially if it's if you're proximate uh, geographically as well, like in the same neighborhood or whatever. Lots of things open up, right? Um, but yeah, I struggle with that at this point. But I know the importance of it. And why don't we why don't we just start there? Like the importance of the with him principle. Where do you see that happening? Um, in scripture and Jesus's ministry, et cetera. Well, I, I mean, I, I think when, you know, when we think about the way Jesus did life with the disciples, it's really easy to see that it's uh, the majority of the time that they spent together was actually with him time, right? It's the walking time. 
I often wondered when I read the scriptures, mm-hmm. especially the gospels, like, man, what, what did Jesus say when he's just walking from one town to the next that, that didn't get recorded, you know? Yeah. And, I don't know. I, uh, reminded of Mark three fourteen, and, you know, it says he appointed the 12 designating them apostles. They, that they might be with him and to send them out to preach. You know, that idea that when Jesus called somebody, he didn't just call them to a job or to a ministry or to a task. Yeah. He called them into his life. And I think that that's probably the best right. embodiment of the with him principle that we have. Yeah. And that's that's the verse we get that from, right? Is that the with him, he called them to be with him. And just like you said, like that is the first call of a disciple is to be with Jesus, right? That he's more interested in our relationship with him than he is in any task or mission that we might move into with him. Um, but just the being with him. Um, yeah, another verse for me that comes to mind is out of Paul's ministry, 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Uh, and Paul says to the Thessalonians, he's reminding them, we loved you so much that we are delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you have become so dear to us. And so it's that idea, right, of, you know, it's not just information transfer, disciple making. That's not what it is. You know, at its heart, it is a relationship and a specific kind of relationship that doesn't just share the religious parts of our lives or, you know, in this verse, it's not only the gospel of God, but our whole lives, our lives as well, we shared. And why do we do it? You know, I love how Paul says it, because the Thessalonians had become so dear um, to Paul. So, you know, in my life, you know, as a early 40s, mid 40s guy, got four kids at home, um, 11 and under. <laughs> it's a full time Every time of you life. say it, every time you say that, it gives me the chills. <laughs> Yeah, it's a full season, right? Uh, to care for everybody. And and as I was thinking about this episode and preparing for it, I thought, you know, well, maybe I should give myself a little more grace because what I what I think I am doing okay at is making sure I get with him time with my family, with each individual in my mm-hmm. family and to care for them well. And that's, you know, a top priority for me. Um, even above those outside the home that I'm discipling, which they also see that too. But, um, you know, guys that I disciple outside my family, um, it's really difficult and rare, to be honest, that we both have opening in our schedule where we go and do something just the two of us to do it. You know what I mean? And that's really hard uh, for me. What does it look like for you as you're discipling right now? It's tough. I mean, uh, what you're saying resonates with me because I, uh, similar season, right? I, I would say this mm-hmm. sports is probably the one thing that um, I use as a with him kind of tool. And if there's a guy that I'm discipling who, who loves sports, it's not uncommon to be like, Hey, do you, you know, like I'll try to knock two birds out with one stone. Hey, I'm going to go watch the high school football yeah. game. Cause my son plays high school football. Do you want to roll with me over here? Right. And, and that, yeah, that has some advantages to it in terms of like trying to figure out the time um, when I'm doing it well, it happens naturally and I'm intentional about it, but it happens naturally and it's a natural fit. There are, are obviously there are seasons where it's less natural. It's less of a fit. I'm more stressed out. Right. Like in those, 
well, in those seasons, I'm just not very much fun to be around anyway. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll tell you that there was a season in my life when the with him time that somebody used for me was pretty transformative. And uh, some mm. of you who, who have listened. Before yeah, we tell, th- tell us. Yeah. Some of you have listened before n- know that I was in Minnesota for a year. And while I was there, I lived at a residence in, which sounds amazing. And it honestly, it was kind of amazing. It was like free breakfast every day and, <laughs> uh, you know, dinners four nights a week. Um, but the weekends were always super lonely. And so the guy who was discipling me, mm-hmm. Charles Causey, he would invite me over to his house uh, for dinner on the weekends. And then he would invite me to stay the nights and sleep in his guest room. And then we, I would play board games with him and his family. And it, it was, uh, mm. it was, it was a beautiful representation of, of like, Hey, in a lot of ways he was making me what Paul says is his, you know, like a spiritual son in the faith. And he brought me into yeah. the family in such a way that actually this year, um, both of his daughters got married and it felt like I was watching one of my siblings get married and it, it, you know, it was oh, the wow. with it was the with him time that really, that really made the difference in those relationships because that's how I got to know his kids and his wife and you know that whole thing. W- what about yeah. you? Was there a season in your life that it worked out pretty well? Yeah. Before we get there, though, I just want to reflect. Like that's that is living out that verse, right? That he shared not only religious things with you, but he opened up his whole life. Yeah, and through true. that, there was a dearness and a closeness and, that emerged. And as you were sharing that, it reminded me of, you know, the navigators and their history. Um, they used to have what's called nav homes, hmm. and you know, if you were being trained by somebody, they would invite you into the home to live with you. Um, and there's still some pockets of the navigators where this happens. Uh, I wasn't trained that way and have never done that before, uh, although we thought about it and. I don't know. As an introvert, it, it just feels like it would be a lot because I already feel like I'm stretched too thin uh, relationally and especially getting time with the people in my household to add another one. But what I've heard from that is that it allowed the person who is being discipled to see what family looks like, how mm. to parent, how to be a good spouse, how to love your wife well or love your husband well, you know, all those sorts of things that... I think it's extremely valuable and it gets a little closer to Jesus style disciple making, right? Because it is, um, it majors on that with him time. Mm. And that's something that as I've been able to experience it and do it more and more, uh, it adds a whole lot of power to what I'm trying to do in disciple making because the relationship tightens and it allows for conversations that are difficult to become much easier but it also allows for a, an affinity, a love to develop that is deeper um, than really develops when we're not able to do that well. Um, so for me in my life, when's it worked well? I mean, I had guys that as they discipled me, they'd invite me over as they were building a deck to help or you know, run errands or to go here or there. And um, at first it felt a little weird to me because I didn't really get what was happening or why. Right. Um, but I just tried to roll with it in my non-relational self. Like, all right, well, I do appreciate this guy. And over time, it felt more natural, right? Hmm. Um, probably the, go ahead. No, I just, 
I think it's oh, interesting that, that, that natural, uh, the natural inclination of like it's, it, that it, it wasn't natural to have somebody invite you over. And so as they broke down those barriers, it became more um, comfortable. That's a, that's just a, that probably a, yeah. a good difference between the introverts and the extroverts. Yes, exactly. And the, the importance of pursuing, right? Somebody who's less relational, um, that they might not see the value right away, but over time, you know, you, like you said, you can break the barrier down. Uh, when we ministered overseas, um, we were able to do this pretty well because the people that we were ministering to and discipling lived right across the street. And culturally, it was accepted and normal to just walk across the street and they would just walk in our house. Oh, there um, you go. And it was pretty, yeah, it was really personal and intense for a while because we didn't know to expect that. And, um, and they just walk in, Hey, how's it going? And we, we were feeling like our barriers were kind of traversed in some way, but um, we would regularly go places, run errands with them go to lunch with them. I mean, just go over and sit with them. I mean, there's just a lot of that with him, with her sort of time uh, that was really, we valued it a lot. I would say that. Well, the other part about that is, is that culturally it's, it's baked into the idea. Whereas um, here in the United States, you know, and part of the reason why we have to talk about it in these episodes is because we, we live in a, in a tail light and garage door environment. And so it's, it's very mm-hmm. common for us not to see our neighbors. And if we're discipling people who we don't work with or don't see on a regular basis, you're going to have to put in a little effort because we're so spread out, but it sounds like in Thailand, that would almost be rude if somebody, if you didn't allow someone just to walk in your house. Am I thinking about that correctly? Not quite to that degree, but once you know them, right? Yeah, if you're friends and you didn't allow them to, yeah, that would feel rude. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's so true in our culture today is that we are, we live segmented and isolated lives uh, such that even if we know the names of the people that are living around us, normally we don't have a relationship that causes us to interact with them with any regularity or depth. And so that's another thing that we try to do is not just know our neighbors' names, but to get um, involved in their lives in some way. And so we have some new neighbors um, this year, actually. And just over the last couple of weeks, we've seen some progress because it's been really slow. But even in the last couple of weeks, like they're coming over, our kids are going over there um, and there's something happening um, that's really encouraging to me that to me will, will lead to, um, sharing of our faith. They get to see it and we're not discipling them. So it's slightly different, but it's that same core concept of, you know, if we're going to spend time with them, then they have the ability to see things right. And more is caught than taught, um, certainly in life and in disciple making. So, yeah, w- one of the things that I think about as we think about this topic is that um, Jesus spent three years of his life that we know of every day with the same group of guys, right? And th- those were the people that he was pouring into. Those were his intentional relationships. Those were his his kind of his squad, his homies, you know? And uh, I think yeah. one of the things that I can be guilty of sometimes is trying to rush 
the the speed of trust in a relationship because I'm I'm pretty open and out mm. there and trusting and and so um, sometimes I think that I can manufacture uh, closeness and intimacy when the reality is is that it's not going to um, it's not going to happen without time and this is part of that time that is important even if we want to discount it so you know, that we can't, we're not going to program our way out of this. We've done an episode on that before, but like, we're also not going to rush time out of this either. We, we have to, we have to just spend the time and take the time and make the time to say this relationship is a priority. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to do that, even though most Americans feel like they have lots of things in excess, but time is not one of them. Right. That's the thing that most people are like, oh, I'm so busy. I wish I had more time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And, you know, we have to think through, all right, well, what are we going to invest our time towards? And the other part of, you know, if we're building a relationship of depth, I love what you said, because we cannot manufacture it. We can't fake it. We can't rush it. Time has to be a part of it. And And I think there's two other things that develop relationships of depth. And, one of those is shared experiences, right? So even if they're not exciting experiences, just having different experiences than you normally have together really um, fosters that sort of deeper connection. And the other one's conversation, right? And so as we're kind of doing those things and what most disciple-making relationships in today's culture looks like is conversation is the thing that they're doing the most, which is great. But we have to, as much as we're able to to get those other two pieces in, right, of time and shared experiences, uh, which is really just time doing things. Um, when you were with uh, Charles, the guy in Minnesota that was investing in you, um, he spent time with you. And it sounded like that time was very natural and free-flowing. Did Was there any sort of intentionality in that that you perceived? Or what did that look like? Uh, I, I mean, the only intentionality that I would say is that it was very intentional that he cared for me. Yeah. And that he he wanted to make sure I was okay, wanted to make sure that, you know, that I knew that I was loved by him and his family. And so that, that was probably um, when it comes to that particular time. Now, we spent time studying the word and doing things like that together outside of that. But when it mm-hmm. comes to like the weekend stuff, like that was, that was just love. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've experienced some of that and I think that is, that's the minimum, right? So if we can just do that, we are adding a whole bunch to those that we are discipling. Um, sometimes I'll advise people to just, you know, if you're going to a game with somebody or, you know, you're running errands to just try to think of one question that mm. is intentional and it doesn't have to be even spiritual in nature. But just one intentional question of, hey, I've never I've never heard much about your parents. What was it like to grow up in their household? You know, of just something to to draw you closer together in the midst of that with him time. And again, it's not something you have to do to make the time valuable, but I think it just adds even a little bit more value into that time of, oh, I wanna I wanna pursue this person uh, and getting to know them at a at a level of depth. Tony, we're coming close to time. What else should we say 
about the with him principle? Anything we've missed or anything you want to add in here? No, I, I'll just share the takeaway. And it, it, you've mentioned it already. And it's this basic idea that that more is caught than taught, um, which means mm. that if if you're with someone, if you're with him or you're with her and you're living out your faith, um, people will respond differently than if you just try to instruct them on it. So I, I love that takeaway. More is caught than taught. Justin, share the action step for us. Yeah, action step is to plan regular time or a time at least to spend with the person that you're discipling. And so if you can plan that in the next week or two um, and do it right to follow through and to execute and just observe what difference that makes in your relationship with the person you're discipling, because we are not just discipling them into one slice of life of our religion, our spirituality. We are trying to disciple them as a whole person. And that means we need to open up our lives as a whole person too. Um, and just invite them into a space like that, that you can do. So again, the with him principle, super important in disciple making. Uh, really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. We've heard from a couple of you over the past month or so. Uh, that's been a lot of fun. So if you want to reach out, check the sh show notes and you can connect on our website and reach us through there. Uh, we're also on the socials. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please hit the subscribe and the like and share it wherever you can share it. Uh, we are really excited about the influence that um, the podcast is having and the impact that it's having, uh, because this is something that we are both really, really passionate about. Thanks again. We'll see you guys next time.